Hello, everyone, and welcome to DC Talks Rocks. Actually, I'm going to be talking rocks today, even though we're staying on CBA and lockout and labor negotiations talk. Figured I'd get a little bit more into the conversation about Dick Monfort's role and some of the ways all of these negotiations could end up impacting the Colorado Rockies, mostly for the better, kind of no matter what happens here. And I'll get into all of that as well. But there is one thing I wanted to talk about up front with regards to the framing of the question, something I didn't really get into on yesterday's show, and something I think it's really important to be vigilant about. I've had this conversation a couple of times over the years when some of these things come up, but invariably, it always seems to be framed somewhere, usually in the media and then again by fans, that what is happening right now is a fight between millionaires and billionaires. And while on some levels that's technically true, it is a sort of gross misunderstanding of what is truly at stake here. Because it's not just about the ultimate dollar signs involved. And I understand why there are some people out there who just cannot bring themselves to feel any kind of sympathy or even empathy for people making over a million dollars a year to play a sport, right? I totally understand why there are some people out there who think, hey, whatever, you've got way more money than I'm ever going to have, so why should I feel bad that you're not getting paid enough? On the most basic level, that makes a certain one-to-one logical sense. Now, of course, that doesn't stand up at all with the premises of free market capitalism, something I wouldn't have gone too in-depth in in my old job. But just to say here, you know, if, if if you subscribe to free market capitalism, if you think it's okay that people like Jeff Bezos have obscene like hundreds of billions of dollars because the market has decided, well, that that's what they're worth, that that's how much they've been able to make then you should feel the same about baseball players and how much money they make really shouldn't matter if they're not being paid what they're worth, right? And so that's one of the things that's always been really frustrating about this conversation to me. There are a lot of downsides to extreme free market capitalism that we as a society have basically been told by those who say the system is good as it is or or should at the very least, is as good as it can be, or it's the best one that there can be, tell us we just have to accept all of those things, well, then it has to go the other way. Employees have to have an, a fair ability to make what the market says they are worth and not have that artificially be held down. We give employers way, way too much power in this country. So, yeah, I'm going to be a little hypersensitive to this issue in particular right now, knowing that... Colorado is one of most states in the country, I learned this very recently, that is an at-will work state. Boy, isn't that an Orwellian term. Basically, what that means is that your boss can fire you at any time for any reason. They don't even have to give you a reason. They don't have to give you any warning. Again, I learned this very recently, right? I I learned there's no law against doing what they did to me. They can just up and decide, nope, screw you, you're out. And there's nothing that an employee can do unless you feel like you were discriminated against, basically. And 
that we just allow those kinds of things to go on. And what people will say on the other side, the sort of argument for why that's okay, is that, well, employees in the state of Colorado and most other states in this country can do the same, can quit without notice. Now, most don't because you don't have the same power that your employer does, do you? If you quit without any notice and without any reason, then they're going to make it more difficult for you to get your next job. The other people aren't going to like it. They have far more power. And you're without a paycheck now. Quitting a job and being fired from a job are not the same thing from a power standpoint because in both instances, you're without that paycheck now. There's far more power on the side of the employer than there is on the side of the employee. And it's the same thing in Major League Baseball, just with much bigger numbers. And so I get why some people want to say baseball players make enough money, they should just deal with whatever. But I'm sorry, no. Nobody should have to deal with unfair work practices anywhere, ever. It's not okay to pay people less than what they're worth, to treat people less than what they're worth, just because we have structures that allow them to get away with it. And it's not like if baseball players' salaries are held down or if they make a couple of million dollars as opposed to $10 million, that that excess like, goes into some pool so that we can pay firefighters and teachers and police officers and uh, service members. Uh, no, 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 no. It goes straight into the pockets of some of the wealthiest people on the planet. So let's not pretend like this is an at all a fair or equal battle. Putting millionaires and billionaires, even in the same sentence, is on its face absurd. Let's break that down just a little bit. First thing to know, don't let the big contracts of the star players skew your vision of how much money these guys make. Yes, Max Scherzer's going to make $40 million in a single season. That's pretty insane. Nolan Arenado is going to continue to make in the mid-30s every year. Those high-priced guys make buco bucks, absolutely. But there are far far more players in Major League Baseball who aren't making anywhere near that money. The average, so even including those high-end salaries, the average salary in Major League Baseball is $4.4 million. Not 10, 15, or 20, 4.4. Now, if you use the median, which is much better because, again, that average is being heavily skewed by 20 to 30 players who are making the vast majority of the money. There's a couple hundred other players who are all making, again, the median salary in Major League Baseball, $1.1 million. So even on its face, it is actually inaccurate to say most rookies in baseball are not millionaires. They're not millionaires. So this isn't a battle of millionaires versus billionaires. It's a battle of some millionaires and some hundred thousand heirs against billionaires, right? So let's remember that on, uh, on the first, that most guys in Major League Baseball aren't making Max Scherzer money, even, you know, lower than that. And so most of them don't have nearly as much money as you think. And about half of that goes to agents and uh, all of these other things. Yes, most of them still have a lot more money than we do, but that doesn't mean it's anywhere close. Let me put it this way. Now we'll get into this calculation. I, with no salary whatsoever right now, other than what I'm bringing in on Patreon, am closer to making what, say, Brendan Rogers, forget about his, his signing bonus, right? Just what his actual contract is right now. Is there another player who's Jonathan Daza? Let's use Jonathan Daza. 
no signing bonus, none of that stuff. I am closer to making what Jonathan Daza is making than Jonathan Daza is to what Dick Monfort is making, right? Does that make sense? I am much closer with my like 600 bucks a month to being an equal to Jonathan Daza in terms of our salaries than he is to any owner in baseball. Let's think of it this way. There are some really great uh, exercises you can find on this for understanding the massive difference between a million dollars and a billion dollars, but this one is my favorite. It would take you 11 days, I'm sorry, a, a, a million seconds is about 11 days, right? A million seconds. We all have an intuitive understanding of how long a second is, and if you stacked a million of those things on top of each other, it's 11 days. A billion seconds is 31 and a half years. 11 days versus 31 and a half years. So the median income of a Major League Baseball player being $1.1 million is nowhere close. It's not in the same universe as an owner who's got a billion dollars and they're making more and more money every year on TV revenues and all of this ridiculous nonsense. Now, of course, they won't open up their books and show us exactly how much they're making because like with just about any company, transparency is their worst nightmare because if people knew the extreme gobs of money they were making and hoarding for themselves and not sharing with the people who make them the money, which is the ballplayers, this would be so much worse for them. Again, it stands in direct opposite to the basic foundational principles of free market capitalism. This is not a free market. This is a controlled market. And that is the problem that these players are having. The power structure is entirely on the side of the owners, of the employers, of the giant mega corporation. You poll most people, they'll tell you they hate giant mega corporations. Can't stand these huge companies that just have way too much power and no accountability. And that's exactly what's going on here with Major League Baseball owners. They're basically using their equivalent of an at-will work state to say we can do whatever we want because there's nowhere else these guys can go and play baseball and make as much money, so we don't have to pay them what they're worth. We can artificially and collectively keep their salaries down. So every time it is framed, either in the media or by fans, as a fight between millionaires and billionaires, that's just a win for the owners. That's exactly what the billionaire owners want you to think is that it's just a fight between two different groups of rich people. No, 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 no. The players have more money than most of us will ever see. The owners have more money than most of us can even fathom, can possibly dream of. It's absurd. They're not even close. And so we can't give up that ground. We have to be diligent about being honest about what this conversation is about. And we can't make it seem like these are the same group of people who are just being greedy over tons and tons of money. The players don't have a fair situation right now. They need the support of the fans to recognize that it's not about people making $5 million who want to make 
$8 million and that we should all feel bad for them that they don't have $8 million. It's not about that. It's about fairness, plain and simple. Should your boss be able to treat you however they want, should your boss be able to pay you less than what you're worth just because the public perception is that you make a lot of money? No. So let's be very clear about that, especially when talking about the optics. And I get that people want to come out and say, Max Scherzer just signed this huge deal. How can they possibly say that players aren't being compensated fairly? Because they're not. And again, you want to use Max Scherzer as this example of, oh my gosh, look, he's had some huge contracts in his career, some of the biggest contracts ever, and he's been one of the best players in the history of Major League Baseball. When it's all said and done, he will have made about $375 million, or 37.5% of $1 billion. For his entire, like, 20-year career, it's going to be. So, those numbers are not close. Let's not make that mistake. Another thing I wanted to talk about, the Dick Monfort situation. This is, again, one of those funny things where people will just crap on the Rockies, whether it makes sense or not. The idea that Dick Monfort screws up absolutely everything that he touches just because he's really screwed up the Rockies as of late is just profoundly silly. This is like I was talking about you know, when it, whether it was the Tyler Matzik thing and people going, oh, my gosh, look how much they screwed up with him. The, just the shotgun approach or when we were talking about the, the tanking. The Rockies don't tank. They've never tanked. They've been adamant that they're never going to tank. And guess what? They're not going to. So hammering them for tanking is ridiculous. But this is where this part gets interesting, right? Dick Monfort, especially over the last couple of seasons, has been criticized for that by the local media and fans for not tanking, for not being one of these A's or Ray's team. I hear it all the time. It's the number one complaint I hear from people trying to solve the problem. Why don't they be more like the A's and Ray's? I've heard that hundreds, literally hundreds of times over the last five or six years. Well, the human answer for why then they don't do that is because it sucks. Because it's crappy to treat people that way. And I know some people care more about wins and losses than they do whether or not you treat humans well. But aside from the Nolan Arenado fiasco, which was really a Jeff Breidich versus Nolan Arenado situation, Dick Monfort has long had a reputation for being overly loyal to his own players, for like crying when they had to trade Troy Tulowitzki, stuff like that and not wanting to move on from any of their prospects, always wanting to invest in the guys they've invested in. Now, has he done the right thing to say, open up the wallet when DJ LeMayhew or John Gray or whomever becomes a free agent? No. Some of that's on the GMs as well. But, again, if we're limiting the conversation to what's actually going on here, there's so much projection by fans and media who just hate Dick Monfort blanketly suggesting that he uh, being a part of these negotiations is a really bad idea, when in fact is the people that they love to praise 24-7, the Rays and the A's and those kinds of teams, are exactly the people you don't want involved in this conversation because that's what the players are pissed off about. 
players, by and large, like Dick Monfort and owners like him. Now, it would be better if Monfort had a bigger budget and could pay guys even more. And this is something that's going to come to a head at one point is, you know, the, the rich teams have enough to pay players more. Players want to get paid more. So without some kind of better revenue sharing, how are they going to make that work? Maybe expanded postseason, some of these other things can help. But for me, it's actually positively silly to suggest that other than maybe not being a good negotiator, which again, that would be good for the players. I want the players to win the negotiation. So if Dick Monfort's just going to screw up and, and not do a good job on behalf of the owners, then I'm totally fine for that. Him actually being involved, though, I, I think is good from a player's perspective because players tend to appreciate the general principle behind how Monfort runs his organization. Do individual players wish the team would be more competitive and stuff? Yes, but that's not the conversation we're having right now. Again, fans and media that want to project just general hatred onto Dick Monfort are then going to totally miss the point that when it comes to paying his players, treating them well, uh, paying his staff, and understanding you know, what players want out of being employees and members of an organization, he really does understand that quite well. And the players appreciate that. And I think it could be very good toward finding some middle ground between the two parties because he has always rejected the idea that he should just screw over his players because it's good strategy. And that, at its very core, is what we're debating in this CBA negotiating process right now, right? That's the practice players want done they want, they want it out of the game as much as possible. The whole money ball idea, right, of try, just try to win with as low a salary as possible. And Dick Monfort has always rejected that idea so that he's sitting aside, you know, whomever in these negotiations, I think is a good thing from a player standpoint for what we should all actually ultimately want out of the game. So, you know, once everyone's done taking their pot shots, and I get it's kind of funny and silly to go, oh, man, this we can't get away from this guy for just a minute, and he's really got to be at the center of this too. But compartmentalization is important. We're all human beings, and the idea that because Dick has done a very poor job of managing the Colorado Rockies to winning baseball over the last couple of years. And I've made this point before, and it's worth making again, that a lot of other organizations were just laying off staff or, or completely furloughing staff, getting rid of people. And I get that Dick Monfort caught some shit in a publication for the whole laundry thing. I'll tell you a quick story. You know why, and this, this really does bring it all together. You know one of the reasons why I refuse to dive super deep into that? And the one night we did, and I got super on top of Dick Monfort for how bad a look it was for him to ask people to do laundry through the analytics staff. That was so hypocritical of me. And I knew it as the words were coming out of my mouth. And I hated it. And I couldn't say anything because it would make the organization that I looked for look bad. But for three years, I was the only person on staff full-time covering the Colorado Rockies. That's a two- or three-person job 
at least. I was the only one getting paid to do it. The only other people there who were doing Rocky stuff semi-regularly had other full-time jobs. Other full-time jobs that had to come first. And I had to organize and plan around everything else that they had to do. Patrick was a school teacher. Michaela was running our social stuff. And that always came first. And so when the three of us did a show shitting all over the Rockies for asking people to do extra work during a pandemic, it ripped me up inside because I knew it was hypocritical bullshit because DNVR was doing the exact same thing. Asking people to work extra jobs during a pandemic, not paying people anymore, making me work a job by myself for years without any help, and then guess what? Blaming me for some of the shortcomings and failings on that job and using them as an excuse to fire me. That's the kind of power that these employers have. And I couldn't say anything because it'd make us look bad, right? I couldn't come out and say, look, guys, I'm not going to get super harsh on the Rockies for asking people to do two jobs during a pandemic rather than firing them when a lot of other people just got straight up fired. And DNVR was doing the same thing, asking people to work two jobs without paying them extra, basically making them work two jobs. Otherwise, the thing wouldn't have worked. And there were lots of companies that did stuff like that. So that's the kind of hypocritical nonsense going on out there that I see, that I hear. And when I see Monfort doing right on those questions, does he do wrong on the baseball? So damn often. So damn often he does wrong on the baseball. And I'll be here to enumerate every single one of those things. I really, really will. But the people who then turn that into, well, he's a bad guy and he screws up everything that he touches and let's all point and laugh rather than recognizing, no, he's treated the human beings in his general orbit way better than most owners do. And that has to count for something. It can't count for nothing. And when it comes to labor negotiations, it actually counts for quite a bit. The world is more complicated than Dick Monfort, bad man. Ugh, guess that was enough of a rant for a while. I was going to get into some of how this stuff might impact the Rockies, but since I went on that little bit of a rant for a while and I'm at my 20 minutes, I can save that for tomorrow. Got a few other things I want to get to today, including some more Star Wars chat, more video game talk. Got a lot of stuff coming on the channel. I want to get a, a bit more music going on, but I've also been uh, creating some freelance work stuff. I need to get out there and try to make a little bit more money writing and doing uh, voiceover work. I'm going to look into that a little bit more, see what I can find out there. So very busy week for me, uh, but I appreciate you all hanging out, listening in for being patrons, for spreading the word about the Patreon account and helping us grow this thing so that we can keep it going, uh, especially, you know, through this off season. I think once we get to baseball season, it'll really help to grow it quite a bit more. But let me know any further thoughts or questions you have on this particular element of the CBA negotiations, particularly the framing of the question and Dick Monfort's role in it. We'll get into how it can all impact the Colorado Rockies tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you all for listening in. You've been absolutely awesome out there. I have been absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.